Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. Thank you so much for being here, and I would love if you would do me a favor. So wherever it is that you are consuming this podcast, I would love for you to take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, I want you to post it on social media, Tag us here at a God shift. And I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway. I do that because I really want as many people as possible to know that there is hope on the other side of whatever it is that they are going through. And so the more people that actually share this information, the more people that we can bring to God and the more that we can do our part to advance the kingdom. So thank you so much for being willing to do that. All right, I am going to read my sister's bio here, and we are going to get this party started. So here we go. My guest today is the U.S. Today and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of 32 books translated into eight languages, including the sci-fi action-adventure Mark Wayne series. The invention-rich universe plays on the edge of fantastic possibilities that are presently theoretical, or are they? When not riding, she rides horses, parasails, scuba dives, and skydives. Her most exciting and challenging adventure was being a solo parent to her seven children. I want to welcome to the show, Peggy Sue Wells. Hey, Shana, thank you so much for the time to get together and be able to chat. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. So audience, um, Peggy Sue and I are both members of the same association, and there are going to be several of my sisters from AWSA, that's A-W-S-A, it stands for Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, that are going to be on the podcast in the next couple of months. So I just want to let you guys know now that you are in for some powerhouse episodes. You can already tell she wrote 32 books that have been translated into eight languages. And if that wasn't good enough, she was a single mom to seven kids. So if that doesn't give you a glimpse into the type of people that are going to be on a God shift coming soon, then I don't know what does. So Peggy Sue, I am honored that you are the first awesome sister to be here on the podcast. Oh, I'm honored to be the first awesome sister because yeah, it is a crowd of amazing stellar women. And thank you for the nice intro. I have to tell you, um, I am kind of an adventurous soul. I like to jump out of airplanes and scuba dive and skydive and all that. And somebody said to me once, have you always been adventurous? And I said, honey, anybody who has seven children is clearly adventurous from the very get go. Exactly. I agree. So I want to get into the interview, Peggy Sue, but before we do, I want to lay a little bit of a context. So the name of this podcast is a God shift. And my definition of a God shift is the moment that you ditch disruption or delay in your life, collide with God's purpose and move into a greater destiny. And I believe that one of the ways that we can really partner with God And doing our part to getting into the destiny that he has for us is by exercising our kingdom authority. There are so many 
powerful things that God is capable of, but there's authority that has actually been given to us as believers as well. And I like to say that my definition of kingdom authority is actually our birthright to make things happen in our lives by partnering with what it is that scripture says. And so I always love to ask my guests at the beginning of the interview, what's your own personal definition of kingdom authority? For me, it's been digging into the word. What does God say? Because he wrote us this wonderful, incredible love letter. And he says in there that he's on our team. He says that he came to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He says he loves us and that he wants us to be in relationship with him. And he says that he always has loved us with an everlasting love. And he says that he has my best at heart and he has my children's best at heart. And that when you're in a situation where it just seems like life is over our head and we are drowning, he's like, it's okay, I got this. And he tells me, I am at work even in this. You see this big thing? I am at work even in this. Yeah. And I also, you know, I love the different things that, you know, there's parts of the Bible that tells us all of the great things that God is not only capable of doing, but is willing to do. Because I don't believe that all believers believe that he's a, that he'll do it for them. I think they believe that he's able. I don't yes. believe that they would be part of the Christian faith if they didn't believe that God was able. But many of us doubt that he's willing to do it for us. But the other thing that I love about the Bible is that it, there are so many scriptures that tells us the dominion that we have in the earth and the dominion that we have over our lives. I believe that the word dominion is mentioned 44 times in the Bible. So there's all of these things in the Bible that tells us like, hey, these are the things that you have the authority to do. You have the authority to speak things that aren't as though they were. You have the authority to, you know, trample on serpents and, you know, be again, you know, what what is the scripture? I've got it right here. The one that talks about being against the enemy. I'm Luke 10 and 19. We have been given authority over the devil through Jesus Christ. So there are so many things that as believers that we are capable of doing in order to help things shift in our lives. Can you ever think of a time in your life that you found yourself in a situation where you were like, you know what? There's all these great things that I know God will do, but there's also things that as his child that I've been equipped to be able to do to help this situation as well. You know, I speak from a certain situation, which is from being a solo parent. And there's a lot of myths about solo moms and their kids and how all that pans out. So there's a tendency in a situation like that when like this primary foundational, most important relationship comes apart. And so everything that is supposedly supposed to be stable in our lives was not. Mm. And so That was a really important shift because it's like, okay, God, is there anything that I can depend on? Is there anything that is solid? And God showed himself that he is the one that is solid. And he showed that he is at work, even in this, and that this didn't happen because he didn't, you know, he missed it. He wasn't paying attention. This one slipped past him because I remember going to my mentor and I'm like, I am going to be a victim if I don't get out of this, you know, victim mentality and start, like you said, 
setting into what is my dominion? What has God chosen me for? What has he given to me? What has he promised? What can I actually anchor on? And she said, well, first off, do you think that this was a surprise to him? And I had to wrestle with that. Yes, I think it was. And so, of course, we had to go back to what was the truth. And then that other one that you picked up, you're the first one that has ever put words to what I felt. Do I think God can? Yes. Do I think he'll do it for me? No. Why? Well, because he'll do it for you and everybody else, but not for me. I'm just not that special to him. I'm not that valuable to him. And so each time there's those thoughts, that's when it's go back to the word, figure out what that lie is and exchange that lie for truth. Because it goes from being a victim to then being a victor over situations. And so when we talk about the myths of single moms, There's a whole lot of beliefs about what a single mom is like, but let me introduce you to single moms today. The single mom today, one in four homes is single mom led. So go, go down your neighborhood street and count every fourth home that is going to be led by a single mom. This is even a bigger number, 50%. So out of every two kids, one child out of two is expected to live in a single parent home before reaching age 18. Those are the numbers for our nation right now. 85% of solo parent families do not attend church. They don't feel welcome, but it is where we belong because that's where we find community. That's where we find hope. That's where somebody says, come here, there's a place for you. Let me introduce you to Jesus. You need to know this person. And then most of our single moms began in a committed relationship and did never expect in a million years that they would be raising children solo. So they didn't start out that way. It's just how things are right now. And so what ends up happening is that when there is that shift in that very foundational primary relationship, and so, you know, an important person chooses out of, you know, what you think is going to be a forever relationship, our brain goes into trauma brain. Mm. And so, you know, you look at single moms and you look at their kids and you're like, what? are they thinking? What is she thinking? Look what she's, why is she doing that? I'm here to tell you, she's not thinking and neither are the children because it's physically impossible. The thinking part of their brain has gone offline. They're back here in trauma brain, which is what God set us up to do. If you're in a trauma, if you've got a house fire, if you've got a bear that's chasing you, if you've got all these things, you need to not think, you need to respond, you need to react, you need to go. So we are in trauma brain because of this incredible shock that's happened to us. And so that's why a lot of times the kids, the way it turns out with the children, the children don't know how to express this. They wind up down at the principal's office a lot. And so that's where we get that myth of single moms or, you know, lousy moms. Yeah. No, it comes out in a child's behavior because that's the only way the child knows how to say. So bad behavior does not mean a bad child. Bad behavior means a child with a broken heart. And so we've got to work with these families to get them out of trauma brain and get them back into thinking brain both for them and for the children and for them to be able to move forward in a way that is beneficial to themselves and to the community around them. So I'm curious, Peggy Sue, you find yourself in this single mom situation and you don't just have one child. 
that is counting on you. You don't even just have the typical two or three, you have seven. seven. And so I'm curious, you know, when you, when you think about the, the, the moment that you decided to switch from, okay, what am I thinking about? What am I thinking about? Or the lack thereof. And you just realize that you're just responding and kind of taking things as it comes as a believer. I can imagine that, you know, there were probably a lot of things that you you were able to anchor yourself to, to use your words of what God was going to be willing to do in order to see you and your children through this. But was there anything that you thought to yourself, whether it was something you had read in the Bible or whether it was something that you had heard from a spiritual leader that clicked in your brain that said, as a child of God, I'm equipped to do this in order to make the best of this situation? I, it took a very long time for that because you're just dealing with food on the table, pay the bills. Then there's the visitations and the court and the, you know, the, the rules and the laws and the, I mean, it's just never ending every holiday. You know, there's, there's this reminder. We are not the way we're supposed to be. Now you have two Christmas instead of one, you know, I mean, it just is ongoing, which again, wasn't always another trauma, another trauma, another trauma. And so I remember sitting with my mentor and I think very importantly, find a good mentor, find someone who loves you and is on your team and wants to work with you for your very best. And so I saw a lot of different counselors. I took my children to counselors because this is too big to navigate on our own. I have seven children and their mom with broken hearts. And we all manifest that in different ways, depending on our our personality types, our ages, what it looked like to us, how we read it, what our experience is. So at one point, I remember sitting with my mentor and I'm just crying and snotting and using up all of her Kleenex and everything. And she says, what are you afraid of? And I said, I am afraid I am not enough. I cannot give enough love and care and support for these children to grow up and be healthy. And she leaned across the table and she said, you're not you're not enough. You don't have enough love for your children. You cannot possibly do that. And I was like, oh, this is what I was so afraid of. And she said, but please understand, even if there are two parents in the household, two parents is not enough either. She said, you have to understand there is a place in there that is only able to be filled by God, only able to be filled by our Savior, by the Holy Spirit. And so she said, Take and teach your children to find the source as soon as possible. And that was absolutely the best advice. We then incorporated Bible time every day into our family. And that meant every single day we read a chapter out of the Bible and every single day we prayed together. And that was our family Bible time because the sooner I could introduce my children to the source of everything that they would need and that they could access that. And you talk about dominion. I mean, that's the source plug in. But the sooner I could point them in that direction, make it so that they had a relationship, make it so that they knew how to go to scripture. They were familiar with opening that big Bible. They had personally read chapters through that out loud with each other. They had prayed out loud. We had talked to God where we had said, this is what we need. This is what we're thankful for. This is what we want. This is like really a bother, Lord. What are you thinking? But we would honestly come to him and speak to him like a friend. And so the sooner we could introduce them 
to the source. That is the best thing that a parent can do because you know what? That's that's eternity. All yeah. of eternity is about that one relationship. So I, I'm curious. So even if it took a long time to get there, you started off in the journey going, there's no way I'm capable of doing what needs to be done to properly provide and give support and guidance to these children to, okay, I've got to remember that I'm a child of God and the Lord is not going to leave me alone. You know, the Bible says that, you know, that he'll never leave us or forsake us. So you get, you eventually get to the point where you realize like, there's things that God is going to absolutely do to take care of us. There's things that I know that I absolutely can do to make sure that my children are taken care of. So you you get to that point in your journey. And what did you really learn as a result of all of that about yourself? I learned that I keep coming back to that one statement. God is at work even in this. And so now something will happen. I can remember, you know, the, the, the washer breaks down, the dishwasher stops. And in the past, I would be like, oh, one more thing. Are you kidding? I just, I right. can't, you know, I don't do that anymore. Now I'm just like, okay, Lord, this was your dishwasher. This is your refrigerator. What is it that you are teaching me about you in this moment? Because everything that the Lord puts me through, he knows me better than I know me. He knows himself. I, I know like so little about this vast God. And so I know in everything he is using it to teach me something about him. And so it takes the panic and the freak out out of it. And it's instead, okay, we're on an adventure together. What are you going to teach me about you in this? Yeah, And that's been hugely helpful because it's been a complete mind shift and it's an excitement to move forward. I trust you. We're going to go forward. You have something that you're teaching me about you. And we started memorizing scripture. And one of the scripture that was so important for us to memorize was Ephesians 3, verse 17 on. Because like you said, I can think, oh, yeah, he's capable of doing it. But will he do it for me? Will he take care of me? And so how would I know that he will? And it's there in his word when he says, if through the power of God, you could know how deep and how wide and how strong and how vast is God's love for you. And so that was what I needed to know. And it was what my children needed to know. God, you have to show me how much you love me because I feel unloved. I feel abandoned. I feel rejected. I feel unwanted. I feel, un, you know, just, I feel like completely not enough. So I need you to show me and I need you to teach me that you do love me and that this is going to be okay because you haven't let go, but I need to know and you're going to have to show me because I can't believe it in this situation. All I see is the lack and the loss. And so those memorizing of those scriptures, and then we took the Bible and as soon as a kid could read, it was like, your turn to read tonight. And we started with exciting books of the Bible, like Esther. Esther has all the elements of a blockbuster film. I mean, the good guys and the bad guys and the beautiful, mysterious princess, and we don't know her background, and it's all there. And so as we would read a chapter at a time, it takes seven minutes to read a chapter in the Bible. So we all have seven minutes. We can all do seven minutes with the Lord and with our family. And half the time we would get partway through and we'd read the chapter and we'd, you know, whatever kid was reading, you read. And then the next night, the next kid would read. And the next night, the next kid would read because I wanted them all to be able to pick up this book and open it up and feel comfortable and, and be happy with it. But then there was somebody be like, 
could you read another chapter? Read another one. We want to know what happens. And so we would keep reading. So being in the Bible, being anchored, and then finding those scriptures that we would memorize. And then we got a highlighter. I'm telling you, get a Bible that you can mark up. And we started highlighting the verses we love. We highlighted the promises because if I didn't highlight it, I was going to forget it. I'm like, oh, really, Lord? Really? And I would highlight it. Really? This one? I'm holding on to this one. I need this one this week. So the scripture has been absolutely an anchor. And I think of other countries where they don't have that. And I'm like, God, I can get a Bible here that's for golfers that wear polyester pants or people that ride horses or people that play tennis or people that are musicians or guitarists. We have a Bible for everything. And so I can find one that I'm comfortable reading. Lately, I've been reading from the message Mm -hmm. because it's a different version. And so I hear it different and I'm like, oh, and then I'll go back and I'll compare it to some of the other versions. But we have this wonderful opportunity that we can choose to do that and we can be in the world, in the word. And then we have these other wonderful resources because we've got that the world may know where Ray Vanderlaan takes us in videos over to, to, to Israel and shows us where these stories took place and why this is meaningful. And then we can watch The Chosen when we need to do that. And sometimes we would play a Bible game, just whatever it kept us anchored into learning the truth and having it be second nature to us. Awesome. Well, we are going to pause for a quick break. And when we come back, we're actually going to share some tips with the audience of how they can begin to put some of this stuff together in their life as well. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right. So before the break, Peggy Sue, you were sharing a little bit about your journey um, as a single mother, and you really learned how to co-create and partner with God to get you all along this journey. And I think that there is, you know, this conversation, we're talking about kingdom authority. And I think that there's a, there's authority to be recognized, even in that, to recognize that there's a lot of stuff that is in us that we're capable of doing. But if we're not linked to the source, which in our case is God, it's going to be even more difficult for you to allow what's in you to come out in order to put, you know, make your circumstances get into a better place. So there's a lot of people that listen to these episodes. Everyone is not a single uh, is not a single parent. Um, it, it could also be very likely that if we've gotten this far in the episode and the person's not a single parent, who knows if they're even still listening anymore. But either way, I really want us to speak to the listener that goes, you know what? I may or may not be a single parent, but I'm sure that everyone who is listening can think of a circumstance in their life, maybe even at the moment where they're struggling to see how they can either find the power that is within them to make their circumstances better or discover that they do have power in order to make their circumstances better. Because you could have just sat there and said, you know what? 
I'm not going to think at all about what it is that I can do in this situation. And I'm just going to sit back and idly wait on God to do it all. But you recognize, no, there's a lot of things that God can do and will do, but there's things that I have to do as well. And so if someone is listening to this episode right now and they're actually struggling to realize how they can tap into the authority and the power that they have within them to shift their circumstances, what would be the best tip that you would give them of how they can do that? When you look at the Old Testament, God gave us the Ten Commandments. and 10, 10 rules, pretty easy. We've memorized them. Then Jesus showed up in the New Testament and Jesus took those 10 and he distilled them. He boiled them down to two because thank you, Jesus, for making it easy for us because I'm real busy and I got a lot going on. Thank you. And he knows what we're made of. And so he says, it's just two: love God, love people. And he said, and I'm giving you a gift. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit, which will tell you, it will, you know, the the Holy Spirit will say to me, do not walk to the right or to the left. This is the path that I would have you to take. And so it's in that love God, love people. And once I've settled that with God, okay, God, you're my Lord. I am your person that is taken care of. And it is done for the rest of your life. It's done through eternity. In Romans, he says, if you say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you are saved. Eternity for you is settled. We never have to worry about it again. And so then he says, okay, so that's settled. We're done. Then he says, the only other next thing that I really want you to do is I really want you to love my people. I, you know, I made all these kids. All these people are my kids. They're all my, they're my family. And it's like with me and my children, when I've got a couple of kids that are scrapping against one another and I'm like, Hey, you know, be nice to your sibling. Hey, you know, we don't, we don't treat somebody like that. That's what he's saying. And so he says, love people. And so he gave me the Holy spirit. So then when a situation comes up, I can say, Holy spirit, in this setting, in this scenario, what does love require? Yeah. And it sometimes changes. Sometimes love requires a snarky remark. Sometimes it requires an arm around a shoulder. Sometimes it requires silence. Sometimes it requires, can I pray with you? And can I say the scripture over you? But each time the Holy Spirit tells us, and the whole bottom line is like the one rule that we can go through all of our life is, What does love require in this setting? And the Lord says, I will guide you and I will show you. And so that is empowerment. That is dominion. That is, this is where I'm on your team. That's where he's on my team. We're doing this together. I'm not alone at all. And so being in scripture gives us all this insight to this is why I came. This is what I brought. This is what I give you. This is how I equip you. This is how I anoint you. This is what I'm asking you to do. And when my son came one time and he goes, mom, how do I know I'm saved? How do I know it lasts? How do I know it's eternity? How do I know I don't have to keep walking, you know, each Sunday to church, to the altar to go, take me Lord, take me. How do I know? And it's like, you know what? It's right there in Romans. It's right there in Romans. I think it's 10, 9. Say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You're done, sealed. It's over. Now we can move that aside. Let's move on to the next thing. And so what a good God where he's like, yeah, 
I'm going to make you feel comfortable and confident and know that you belong and you're here. And now let's go do amazing things that are going to make a difference in the world and is going to impact other people. That's going to give them the same love that we've experienced in God. Yeah. Love is the foundation of everything as a, as a Christian believer. So Peggy Sue, as we begin to wrap this conversation up, are there any final words that you would leave with our audience? Uh, I would say children can memorize like nobody's business when they're little. So when they're little, that's when we start giving them the word of God. And then let's start memorizing. Find your favorite verses. Of course, John 3, 16. Of course, Ephesians 3, verse 17 on. And all you do is make it so simple. We just say a couple of words and let it sit. I would, What we did with our family is we would say a phrase three times. And then that's it. The next night we would say that phrase and add the next phrase and say it three times and just move on. And pretty soon we know all kinds of scripture. And then we would rehearse it. Once a week we would say, you know, Jesus's arrival. And once a week we would talk about, you know, rehearsing the books of the Bible so the kids could find them easily. But then we start early. We put the word in their heart. They carry it with them whenever. And so I would say, as soon as you can, start memorizing with the children. And if you do that by song, that's fine. There's lovely scripture songs mm-hmm. out there that have scripture to music. We as adults do better with that. But as soon as you can get that word and have it with you, the better off you're going to be because it's gold and it's it's going to make a difference in your life and in your heart. Yeah, that's great advice because the world is so crazy right now and it's starting to feel like our children are filled with more negative influence and demonic oppression than maybe even some adults. And so I really believe that the earlier that we start teaching our children about Jesus and getting the word in them, the better chance that we have that they won't be negatively influenced by the things of this world. So I thank you for sharing that. So how can our, how can our listeners follow you on social media? Um, I wanted to say there's a verse because I went to the Lord. I'm like, God, I have seven kids. We all read like crazy. We're, we're out in the world. How can I equip them so that they know? Yes, read this. Yes, watch that. No, watch this. Don't read this. Like what? And he gave me same verse that we all have, but that Ephesians or that Philippians verse where he says, whatsoever things are good and lovely and of good report and all that stuff, dwell on those things. And so we memorized that. And I sent the kids off with that. And I'm like, when you're at somebody's house and they pull out a movie or you pull up something on the computer or you pull that book out at the library shelf, does it fit this verse? If it fits this verse, go for it. If it doesn't, go find something that does. And so it is those type of things where it gives us those wonderful little boundaries where it's like, okay, you can now be self-governing as a, as a, as an, as a kid moving it. Cause we're, we're raising adults. So as now as an adult, you can do that and you can start making those decisions now as a kid, because you know, the words. So that's what I would say. And to follow Um, I put together, particularly because I was thinking about you and this time together, but I put together a booklet and it's called A Parent's Guide to Your Child's Spiritual Growth. Mm. And it's also, it's a section in the back of the 10 best decisions a single mom can make, which is all great parenting advice. Everything that works is in here. And so even if you're not a single mom, there's excellent parenting advice that you will enjoy in this. But in the very back, there's an appendix and it talks about this is what we did for our Bible time. Here's our ideas. Here's what worked for us. Pick and choose what you want. Don't do the part you don't want, but this is a good idea. It'll get you started. So that is in a booklet that you can find online at my website, 
PeggySueWells.com. And you can download that and use it for your family. And like I said, use the good stuff, throw out the rest. You never know when you might go back and go, oh, I think we'll try that now. And then also you can find that on SingleMomCircle.com. Because after the 10 best decisions a single mom can make came out, I didn't want to leave moms just out there without any other way to keep the conversation going. So singlemomcircle.com has got all kinds of free articles and free resources. Just plug in there, pull out what you want. You can self-identify if you're there for family or finances or fitness or faith, and you can just figure out what you want and go exactly to that place. So PeggySueWells.com and then singlemomcircle.com. And where do they find you on social media? I will be on Facebook and it will be Peggy Sue Wells um, on Facebook. And I'm on LinkedIn because I do a lot of ghostwriting or coming alongside people that um, entrepreneurs in particular that want to get their stories out. They want to put what they've learned into a book that other people can use. Mm -hmm. So I'm also on LinkedIn and that will just be at Peggy Sue Wells. And yeah, you can find me there. Awesome. Well, I'm going to make sure that the links to your social media and the sites that they can get your free resources are in the show notes so that all they have to do is just click on it and it will go straight there. So Peggy Sue, I thank you so much for being here. I thank you for setting the bar high for the awesome sisters Mm -hmm. that are going to come (laughs) behind you. Um, Everyone, please share, share, share this episode, especially with every single parent Mm -hmm. that you know, regardless of how old their children are, but especially those who have younger children so that they can begin to get some Jesus in them before the world gets in them. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I pray that it has blessed you and I pray that you will go back and listen to future episodes as well. So everyone, thank you so much. It's Shana Rattler signing off. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.